Welcome to the Rising Podcast. This is the podcast for ambitious souls to learn about powerful tools to help you understand yourself, your relationships, and your surrounding environment on a deeper level. The Rising Podcast will teach you about topics like astrology, numerology, psychology and philosophy, the hermetic laws of the universe, and other occult and esoteric topics. I'm your host, Vanessa Sophie. I'm an astrologer, consultant, and coach. My mission is to help ambitious souls rise to their ultimate potential and get better results in business and all areas of life. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. Grand Rising, welcome to the astrology forecast for the month of October. We are super excited to bring this to you one more time. And I just want to take the time to introduce myself. I'm Vanessa Sophie. I'm a Western sidereal astrologer. And today I'm joined by an uh, astrologer, Shani Boudreau. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yes. Hello, everyone. My name is Shani. I'm an astrologer as well. Uh, and me and Vanessa have been doing this forecast for over a year. So we're super excited to get back to it for eclipse season, October 2022. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's when it starts. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So just giving a little bit of a disclaimer, as we always do. So we are Western sidereal astrologers. So we are using the sidereal zodiac, which is a little bit different than what you are probably used to. The sidereal zodiac basically uses the astronomical placements of the planets in the night sky, rather than most of the astrologers in the Western Hemisphere will use a tropical zodiac, which is based on the calendar. So the type of transits that we will talk about is slightly going to be different from what you know. So if you're new to this and you have trouble understanding what's going on and need more clarification on this, feel free to reach out to either Shani or myself to get further insights. Um, but yeah, in general, our audience is, is aware of our our practice. Yeah, it's been nearly a year now that we switched to sidereal. So um, yeah. it's been amazing and I have absolutely zero regrets. So I'm so grateful to be doing this practice uh, with the system and continuing this groove. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's dive into... October I'm curious if you have any preconceived ideas or any themes that you noticed for the transits of October um uh yeah I will say the main thing that I noticed is holy Libra energy um (laughs) obviously we're in Virgo season right now but I'm noticing that by mid-October a lot of things are going into Libra and not only that, but we have a really powerful Venus activation throughout the whole later part, part of October, which is the ruling planet of Libra. And Libra rules relationships. It rules beauty, pleasure as well, but mainly relationships and the balance between um, the different dualities in our lives, whether it be with someone else or all the different relationships we entertain. So it seems like October, especially the later part, is looking like immense focus on relationships on people on socializing on finding harmony balance between each other um so that's the main thing i noticed obviously the eclipse is like it's just on its own like we know eclipse season is coming so that's obviously a big highlight um but i also noticed you know as mars is slowing down uh there also seems to be a few themes of like maybe confusion maybe kind of like retreating back um we're having this mars square neptune happening for like the mid-october for a little bit there and that usually announces confusion not you know not being too sure of our uh current 
path, where we're going, how we're taking action. So it seems like, you know, yes, we're focusing on relationships, but there's this underlying maybe fogginess that's kind of preparing us for Mars retrograde, which will be um, happening in this month uh, as well, I believe. So these are like the two main things I I really saw, like relationship focused, Libra energy eclipse, and then this foggy energy alongside the mid-October. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's a little bit of a preparation, right? Like we're at the end of the summer, like already, you know, with September, everything that we've um, gone through, there was a lot of Virgo energy. It's like real, reanalyzing. And after the Mercury retrograde, it's like now you're kind of putting your life back on track. And then after that, like it's the final preparation before we have eclipse season and then the Mars retrograde um, leading up until the end of the year, you know, mm-hmm. because it's happening until January. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's definitely the last uh the last bits of it yeah seems like things are slowing down a little bit like even october wasn't super major in terms of like mm-hmm. the energies going on except yeah. the eclipse i mean but even the eclipse like we don't feel the eclipse right away like eclipse is a six month kind of energy and it really yeah. kind of develops over the next month or two after the eclipse anyways from my experience so um aside from the eclipse there's not much huge things happening in october but Things are slowing down really in preparation for this Mars retrograde, which usually is a time where things are slowed down. They're a little bit delayed um, as we're kind of like rethinking our action taking um, our motivation in regards to specific area of life. So it seems like, you know, winter is coming. We're easing down, uh, getting to a bit more of a a slower flow. And then, uh, you know, at least Libra energy coming around is giving us giving us this inch of um, beauty and pleasure alongside this uh, this kind of preparation for this delayed time in regards to action taking. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. The other insight that I had was from numerology. So looking at the numerology of the month, uh, October is a seven universal month. Ooh, okay. So interesting. Seven is, you know, I find it interesting because October is going to be half Virgo, half Libra, which are yeah. two intellectual signs. You know, you have Virgo that is highly, highly intellectual it's ruled by mercury it's all about the details all about analyzing things which is very very similar to the seven energy and numerology mm-hmm. um, and then the second half of it is libra libra is a lot more about balance but it's still an air sign it's still very intellectual you know so yeah the the theme of october in the seven energy and numerology it's it's highly intellectual it's all about analyzing things it's all about understanding how things work and it's also a very spiritual number. Like seven is very spiritual. And it's a, a number that tends to be a little bit more, um, uh, not necessarily isolated, but just because it's focused on learning, just because it's focused on, you know, being in its own environment to learn and to be in the mind. Um, so just numerology wise, that's the type of energy that we're looking at. Mm-hmm. I like that. It, there seems to be a lot of inward energy going on in October with the seven energy coming through it. But especially, you know, we have a Pisces full moon uh, mm-hmm. and we do have Neptune being activated by Mars really heavily. So there is this inclination for us to maybe go inwards a little bit and, and go back to our intuitive senses, go back to our own, um, you know, own refuge. Uh, although there is a very social energy kind of in the background as well with Libra and with Venus being activated. So there's a balance for sure. But like you said, heavy intellectual energy um, for for probably everyone during October as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
So without further ado, let's dive in. We Okay, I will share the screen here so that people who are live with us can see the transits that we talk about at the same time. Um, so you have the chart here of what the planets will look like as of October 1st. Mm-hmm. Now, we start we start um, right away, basically, with... Um, so we're still in Virgo season. Venus is in Virgo. We're still in Mercury retrograde, like just the last couple of days of it. And then um, the October 1st, we have Venus opposite Jupiter. So that's two of the... Well, it's interesting because... No, never mind. I got confused. Um, yeah, so it's two of the most positive planets that you can have. Mm-hmm. Um, Shani, do you want to give your insights on this yeah i mean you know anytime venus and jupiter connect like you said they're the two benefits so even if um they're connecting in a more harsh way like in a square angle or an opposition angle usually there's there's still some optimism that can be kind of uh gained through this kind of energy because they're both planets that rule uh pleasure optimism abundance and all that such so when they're engaged in an opposition usually um, Jupiter energy really expands Venus. So we can kind of find a lot of opportunities for indulging in Venusian things, such as socializing, relationships, uh, pleasure, especially, right? Because Venus rules pleasures and desires. So when Jupiter is kind of like expanding Venus in an opposition like that, it can be a day where um, we have more access to pleasure or we want to have more access to pleasure. Maybe we buy each other a good meal or we buy new things for ourselves or we indulge in something social or a movie if we really find pleasure in movies, whatever, right? So whatever we value and we find pleasure in, it's likely that it is expanded for us or we might find the inclination to indulge in it a little bit more. Um, the only thing with this transit, obviously, is the the overindulgence parts of it because it's in opposition. So yes, there is this expansiveness on Venus, but it can be unbalanced in a way that we can indulge, but a bit too much. So this can be the kind of day when someone kind of like um, decides they want to spend a lot of money on something new. And then they're like, okay, I might have overindulged or they might eat a lot of like, you know, treats, whatever. And then they're like, okay, that was really pleasurable, but um, you know, I might've wanted to balance things out a little bit more. So that's Mm -hmm. really the, the main energy, but you know, there is pleasure to be gained through that day. Just when you balance it out, it makes it even more enjoyable in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a balance between the two and just these two planets being like very indulging, as you say, like it can be challenging, um, but like they're in an opposition. So really it's finding the balance between the two. So there is, you know, two beneficial, two benefic planets that are aspecting each other, which can bring luck opportunities, you know, those kind of common themes that we'll usually talk about when we see Venus and Jupiter together. But in an opposition, um, they will balance each other out. You know, Jupiter is in Pisces, Venus is in Virgo. So they have like opposite energies to them. So it's like meeting in the middle. So it could Mm -hmm. be something like that, like, you know, meeting in the middle in your relationships. Um, Yeah. Or in your pleasure. (laughs) Yep. So the next day is when actually, the next day is when Mercury goes direct. And what's interesting with Mercury right now is that, you know, it's dipping backwards in Leo for like just a couple of days. Mm. Uh, we talked about this in the last forecast a little bit. And um, and so it's going to go direct and then move again in Virgo on October 5th. So 
there's a couple of things that needs to be reviewed in Leo. There's a couple of things that you might go back to the themes from last month, for example. So I encourage you to look at where Leo falls in your chart and you can see where there might be things that needs to be wrapped up until October 5th mm-hmm. before the uh, Mercury moves in, in Virgo again. There's like just a couple of themes that needs to be revisited. <laughs> yeah, intellectually speaking, when Mercury went through Leo, you know, there, there was this process that was culminated um, around whatever area that Leo rules in your chart. And that's why me and Vanessa always say, like, if you're listening to the forecast, um, it would be even more valuable if you had your chart with you and you knew your rising sign and you also knew about the houses and, and which houses are being activated by planets. Because like Vanessa said, like with Mercury dipping back into Leo, I think Mercury was in Leo mostly in August. So there is something intellectually that was going on around your Leo area of life, whether it be in your finances, your relationships whatsoever. But Mercury dipping back there is really like, oh, let me review this little theme, this little thing intellectually, um, wrap this up and then continue whatever was going on in the Virgo area of your life, right? Um, So yeah, I find that a little bit interesting that this is going on. Um, But yeah, highly recommend having your chart there and, and knowing your rising sign as well. And if you don't, and if you have a hard time doing that, just message one of us and, and we'll do that for you in Sidereal and we'll we'll make it happen. <laughs> okay, so the next day, well, okay, so we mentioned on the 5th, Mercury will ingress back in Virgo. So we already talked about this, the last forecast, basically the energy of Mercury in Virgo, which is highly powerful. It's all about detail, analyze, like analyzing things. Um yeah, like Mercury in Virgo is like the most powerful placement for Mercury that you can have. It's highly intellectual and anything that you would want to use this energy for writing, for just, you know, putting a plan together that needs like extensive detail analysis, like that's that's time to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And especially in the house that uh, Virgo rules for you, right? So for example, if you're Leo rising, Virgo is going to be falling in your second house of finances, income and values. Um, so it's a great a time to put a very detailed budget in hand. Or if you're trying to save for something, this is now the time where you're going to be able to mentally figure out the details, uh, put this all together and have a very, very practical and concrete plan, right? Um, if it's in your relationships, it's figuring out the details of your relationships analytically speaking mentally speaking um so again check your chart check your rising sign uh but mercury and virgo extremely powerful figuring out the details especially in the area that it rules for you so on october 6th we have mercury trying pluto i'll Mm -hmm. let you go ahead okay yeah so obviously at this point you know mercury's done its retrograde it's starting to gain momentum back forward slowly but surely sometimes it takes a little bit of a few days for a planet to start actually kicking that momentum and moving back forward. So we have this little space where Mercury is still kind of moving a little bit slowly, but as it's moving slowly and gaining momentum, it's starting to make this trine to Pluto. So it's connecting in an auspicious and smooth way to Pluto, which is a planet of uh, depth and transformation and death and rebirth and deep psychological processes. Um, It's a planet of things that are taboo, very deep, um, things that are hidden in the shadows as well. So Pluto is a very transformative, deep and powerful energy. And when it's connecting to Mercury in a very easy way like that, it just means that its energy is coming through 
uh, our mercur mercurial energy. So it's coming through in our minds, in our communication, um, in our thought process whatsoever. And so when Mercury trines Pluto, it can be a time where we can have those really powerful transformative conversations that actually change something or transform something for us mentally or even emotionally, right? Because they're all connected. But um, it can be a time where really deep conversations happen and, and there can be healing through that or transformation, bringing stuff from the shadow. Um, it's a great time for like, you know, therapy talk. I would say if you're talking with a therapist or even an astrologer or uh, someone who works in the occult, whatever, there can be really deep insights that can be gained. Uh, there can be powerful, th th there could be a risk of obsession in the mind. I found when Mercury connects with Pluto, where we kind of like fixate on something in our minds and it's, it's really potent and intense, but usually that only means that there's something in the mind space that needs to be addressed and brought up to the surface. And through doing that, there could be, and through a little bit of psychoanalysis as well, there could be transformation in the mind space through that. Uh, so reading books, Uh, getting into astrology, psychology, studying this, researching that, um, you know, having really deep talks is all things that could happen or that could be very welcomed with this energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what's interesting with Mercury for the first half of October, probably, is that now it's rehitting the same transits that it has before it went retrograde. So we had a Mercury trine Pluto right before it hit retrograde and it was actually for a while um for a couple of weeks because it just you know started slowing down and then it started going backwards so it's a theme that we've experienced already so we're kind of revisiting things that are not necessarily new that's that's what mercury retrograde is all about that's just about revisiting things it's not a time to start something new or it's not necessarily when there's going to be new stuff that is coming up for the surface it's just um it's just reanalyzing things basically yeah So it's possible that we've experienced really intense conversations last time this transit was active, which I'm not too sure of the date anymore, but it was pretty recent, I believe. Um, so these conversations that might have been really potent and intense, uh, they might be revisited or they might be coming back up to the surface where you're maybe wrapping up these conversations Um, however, or who, whatever they were, right? But they, likely they were very intense, uh, very deep and uh, possibly transformative as well. But yeah. Yeah, we had that transit on August 21st, mm. and then it's hitting again basically from September 24th until October 9th because okay. it's just because of Mercury like hitting station. Yep. Like in the trine with Pluto, basically. So it's just a theme that is like. Yeah. So it's basically kind of lingering <laughs> there. It's kind of, it's, it's kind of lingering throughout the whole end and last few days of September and first week of October. Uh, mm -hmm. which is interesting because again, I said that last report, but it reminds me of last year's Mercury retrograde in Libra, where it squared Pluto, like basically for like two weeks. And yeah. this was like a time of gaining a lot of really intense information that was transforming us mentally. We switched to sidereal during that time. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's kind of like the same thing, but because it's a trine, it's, it's more easy. It's left like shocking and conflicting, but there's yeah. still intense information coming through. Um, so pay attention to your conversations, to what's happening in your mind. Great time to journal, uh, to kind of like be a bit more deep and analytical with your mind, especially with, you know, the Virgo energy coming through, um, because there could be really potent insights gain and, and through that, you know, transformation as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Which leads us to the next transit, which has also a Pluto dominance, which is when Pluto actually stations direct mm-hmm. after being retrograde for the past, like, what, over six months now, since April? So, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, so it's kind of, you know, Pluto has done its loop where it's kind of retrograding and um, will be close to the Earth again. So that's why we feel its energy in a more potent way once it starts going direct again and then the energy will start shifting forward again. Mm-hmm. Um, so wherever there are areas in your life that are transforming or that you feel heavy Pluto energy where you are like kind of tearing things apart to be able to rebuild them, that's the Pluto energy that is now like, okay, like stationing and then moving forward again. <laughs> yeah. I feel like with Pluto retrograding the last few months, you know, not a lot of forward moving transformation, but more so internal idea of like, what needs to be transformed? How can we transform this? How are we going to change this in the future? And now with Pluto moving forward again, it may be that these transformations actually start taking place and actually start really happening in the physical world. Um, You know, for example, if you're Libra rising, this is Pluto in your fourth house right now. So a lot of transformation, maybe wanting to happen in the home space with the family. In the last few months, maybe I've been more internally trying to figure out like, okay, things want to shift, but how can I shift that? How is it going to happen? And now with Pluto moving forward, maybe you have a clear idea of what's going to transform in the new future and how you want to change things in the home and in the family. So things are moving forward with what Pluto wants to transform for you. But on that day, because Pluto energy is really strong and maybe there may be a lingering energy of intensity or, um, you know, Plutonian themes coming up of again, like death, rebirth, transformation, kind of like lingering in the air there. So very Plutonian few days, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's right before the full moon, too. We have a full moon in Pisces on October 9th. Right. uh, Which is, again, a, you know, watery placement, watery experience, especially when it's a full moon. And Mm -hmm. I feel like a full moon in Pisces, it's the first time that I'm actually going to experience, like, a full moon in Pisces with awareness. So that's definitely going to be an interesting one. Yeah, especially for you. Pisces moon. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you are going to feel this. And you know, obviously for you and I, it's happening in the eighth house. So it's it's it gonna be very intense for us to begin with. Uh, but again, you know, with full moons, always important to know your rising sign. Where are the endings culminating? Where are things reaching their their culmination point in your life? Where are you possibly getting insight that it will help you shed some things out? Is it in your relationships, your finances with children? It depends. It's personal for everyone, but one thing is for sure. Uh, these endings might be quite emotional uh, and uh, almost spiritual as well. There might be insight that is gained through the more spiritual senses with the full moon in Pisces, more intuitive. Um, it's definitely a full moon that you want to pay attention to your feelings and your intuition, because whatever wants to be uh, brought to clarity in order for us to end something might happen through, you know, Piscean themes, right? such mm-hmm. as emotions or uh, connection to something divine, you know, like is intuition or whatsoever. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's always good to remember that a full moon is coming to the peak of the cycle. And it's when you look at the sky, you know, the, the moon is full, so you can see better even in the middle of the night. So it's just, it's clarifying certain things. And there's often, because the moon actually rules the mind and emotion, then, you know, it just makes us even more emotional, makes us even more aware of certain feelings that we might be feeling. 
and just that happening in Pisces you're just like you're you're totally lost in the feels you know um so that's where it could be challenging mm-hmm. although I'm wondering because we have you know the sun in Virgo there might be a little bit more capacity to analyze things better or to have a little bit more of a logical mindset rather than Pis- like a natural moon in Pisces could easily get lost into their feelings or just you know get dreamy and, and elusive in their mm-hmm. feelings like having illusions yeah but with sun in Virgo like there's a little bit of of and Mercury in Virgo like there's a like there's help in that you know like you're not completely lost <laughs> yep um I would say with a full moon in Pisces pay attention to your emotions but don't try to get lost into them try to be a little bit analytical like bring back the Virgo energy to to balance things out with that full moon and bring a little bit of the analytical spirit to your emotions right because I always like to tell people like full moons are a point of ending but they usually the ending is usually happening through some sort of clarity that we have because like Vanessa said the moon is at, at its fullest it's enlightening us with certain information and because the moon rules emotions usually we get those uh enlightening informations through our emotions and through the things that make us react on that day Uh, because it's in pisces we might have a lot of those reactions a lot of those emotions uh, but it's still really important to pay attention to them because they're directing us towards um certain patterns or things that are ending but with the virgo energy we can bring that with this full moon and kind of pay a, a more detailed attention to our emotions, like, okay, I'm feeling this grief or I'm feeling this anger. Try to go a little deeper with it and not just kind of like lose yourself in the anger or the grief, which is, which is okay. Um, but, you know, the, bringing the analytical spirit towards that may help you figure out what exactly needs to be, uh, like what you need to pay attention to and what needs to, to be released in regards to that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there also is the Mars square Neptune kind of active during this full moon is another thing I noticed, Uh, you know, Mars is forming a tense angle with Neptune. Mars is our drive, our motivation, our assertiveness, our action taking. Neptune is the foggy planet. It's the planet of Pisces. It's foggy. It's it's spiritual. It's imaginative. It's it's fantastical but it's also very deceptive um Mm -hmm. so when it's acting on mars in a more tense conflicting energy there can be uh, mars kind of like gets lost in the piscean water there it gets gets get it gets really foggy it can be a time where we're more tired we're not as motivated we're not too sure uh what's our next action take what's our action plan we're not too sure where we're heading uh how we should take action um we're kind of lost in our motivation not having much motivation so again i think this is just a deeper invitation to uh surrender and go inwards with this full moon because action taking may not be the best idea because we're 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 a little foggy we're not too clear on the way we want to take action so for this reason it's not necessarily time we want to drive forward with something and we're probably not going to feel like doing that so but the piscean energy is really strong here and piscean energy is usually an energy of going inwards and and uh listening to our emotions and surrendering yeah yeah and that leads us to the next transit which is on october 11th we have a sun trine saturn which is interesting because these two are actually in earth signs so Mm -hmm. it helps with bringing a little bit of groundedness um 
so and and it it just it it's interesting that it happens simultaneously with the Mars square Neptune. So there's like a little bit of groundedness, and yeah. at the same time, like could I feel like a Mars square Neptune is always like you have low energy, like it's hard to take action, and you know. Mars and Taurus has a double side to it because Taurus can be as hardworking as it can be lazy. So mm-hmm. if you let Neptune take over it, then it's just easy to be on the lazier side of Taurus. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah. I feel like with the Sun, sun trying Saturn, like it would be, especially with the Sun in Virgo, it would be easy to feel guilty about it if you're not moving forward. Mm, yeah. There is going to be this inclination to commit to something and to mm-hmm. be really disciplined around something. And yeah, we can do that. That's great. But don't expect things still to be moving super quickly uh, within your action taking. Like Mars is squaring Neptune. It's about to go retrograde. Uh, and it's in Taurus. It's very slow moving mm-hmm. action. We're figuring things out. We're methodical, doing a little bit of something and then doing a little bit later on. Um, but yeah, with uh, Sun and Virgo, like we're, we're wanting to get organized and, and structured and then it's trying Saturn. So it's really amplifying that energy. We can be structured and disciplined. We can make a commitment and move towards it, but don't expect for it to be really quick. It's it, earth energy as well. Uh, it is very practical, but it, it takes time. There's a lot, there's barely any fire, I think, going on right now. Eh? There's no fire. No. Oh, well, the moon is in Aries. On well, that day, which is kind of adds to the frustration, to be honest. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, we, emotionally, we're gonna want to be impulsive and, and be really quick. But like, besides that, there's no fire. There's no like instant spark that's gonna take us somewhere instantly, and not even a lot of air either. Like, it's it's not a very quick energy. Uh, it's very mm-hmm. practical, grounded. Make a commitment, make a plan for that commitment, and move towards it very slowly. Uh, but on that day, it is great day to kind of figure out what you want to commit to, make a plan on how you want to commit to it, and uh, kind of plan your course of action in regards to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it definitely looks like 11, 12, you know, uh, around a couple of days after the full moon, that's when, like, just not a lot of motivation going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, be, be compassionate with yourself. Like, I've noticed anyway, since Mars has been in Taurus, like, damn, things are things are not moving as fast as I want it. Like, especially in the area that Taurus rules for me, I'm like, um, okay, like things are very slow um, and they're taking their sweet time uh, and it's going to stay like that for a little bit. Like, I don't even know mm-hmm. when Mars leaves Taurus. Like, I don't, I don't remember. January. Well, January no, it starts, it hits direct in January. So it's only going to, it's literally going to leave Taurus in like February. Like, yeah, even I don't know. March, probably even February, March. Yeah, March. So, well, yeah, I think don't (laughs) look at your rising sign, obviously, to see which areas is mainly affected there. But, uh, you know, things are moving quite methodically right now. Uh, And uh, just be patient, compassionate with yourself. Uh, Things are taking their sweet time, but it's okay. It's it's there. There is perfection with astrology. That's what it shows us. And just just go with it. Things will reveal to you or will reveal themselves for you um, in the right time. But it's not a very quick, quick, quick energy right now. I mean, selfishly, I much prefer Mars and Taurus than in Gemini. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, 
Gemini is just all over the place. I don't like this one. <laughs> yeah. As soon as March hits and, and, and Mars goes into Gemini, like just, just everyone honestly yeah. get ready because it's about to get really chaotic. Like Mars yeah. and Gemini is like, I'm doing this and I'm, then I'm doing this project and then I'm doing this project and you can't mm-hmm. ever finish. Well, I'm, I don't want to say ever, but like, it's really hard to actually pull through and fully complete something while yeah. Mars and Taurus Yes, it's slow, but if you keep your your action taking in one specific thing and you keep going at it and keep going at it, it might take, you know, one month, two months, whatever, but you are going to get there. And that's the most satisfying part of doing something is finishing it, you know? Um, So I think it's easier for that reason, but a lot of people, especially fire dominant people may get a little (laughs) bit impatient, impatient, especially Leo dominant people, right? Being a, a fire fixed fire kind of square that energy um or any Aries energy right now will probably be very frustrated with that in general because very slow methodical um energy until like the beginning of 2023 yeah yeah totally there's any sign that would get angry at Taurus is definitely Aries (laughs) yeah Uh (laughs) uh-huh okay so we are moving on to on the 12th. Um, so again, we're still on the 12th. We have Mercury opposite Jupiter. There's no need to really go that deep into this one because we've talked about it a lot in September. It hit twice already when Mercury went retrograde. And so now we're just having this this um, Mercury opposite Jupiter one more time. Now that it's moving forward again, it's just like, okay, now let's talk about the goals and the visualizations that we've had for ourselves so we talked about in september craft your vision board but it's not like yes you can get into the details of things but you're not necessarily going to take action on anything now it's like okay now you can have a better idea of where you're going with your plans and what you're going to do about it and how you're going to take action on it Mm -hmm. yeah um on october 14th we have venus trine saturn that one is an interesting one. I always like this kind of like a positive Venus Saturn transit. <laughs> yep. Yep. Because Venus and Saturn are quite opposite. <laughs> not opposite, but they're not always they're not the same vibe, that's for sure. So like when they're interacting more difficultly, you can feel it like because Venus is pleasure and Saturn is restriction and delays. So when they're connecting in a more difficult way, that you can feel like, ah, like I I am like the pleasure you're kind of losing your your sense of pleasure a little bit because there's boundaries that are like put in your ability to to reach those desires and pleasure there's uh restrictions to your pleasure um and so it's kind of like frustrating whenever they're connecting in a difficult way but when they're in an easy flow together um it's more so the the positive aspect of saturn which is like commitment and uh, discipline that comes through venusian things which is our pleasure but also our relationships and finances so it can be a great time a great like a sober uh grounded energy for relationships and finances where we're really clear we're feeling more structured um and we're like yep this is how we want to do this in this relationship we have very clear boundaries that are not too restrictive they're kind of just like blending together nicely um and it's a great time to also uh do something financially uh, whether it be invest or starting a new project financially because this is a good energy to have in this project or endeavor um but uh yeah there can be just this more grounded energy within our relationships and the desire to commit um to something yeah, no, that's uh, that's spot on. 
And yeah, so on October 17th, then we have Sun Trine Mars. Sun Trine Mars. Yeah, and it's interesting because now they're both like they're both at the end of their at the end of their sign. So Sun is at 29 degrees of Virgo and then Mars is at 29 degrees of Taurus. So they're both wrapping up the chapter that just they just went through. And the sun is like placing a focus on um, the themes that you are going through in Virgo and Mars will, it's like, it's like there's a, there's a combination in um, the Virgo and Taurus themes of your chart, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I just, I like this. Uh, I always like this placement because it's like a, a nice boost of confidence. It's like a nice boost of, and like, you're ready to take action on the themes that you've been, that you've been looking at. So yeah. it's a nice way to, uh, to wrap up these two energies. It's a very like uh, energizing and vitality focused kind of day because both the sun and the Mars, they both kind of rule confidence as well mm-hmm. as like our energy levels and our focus and our action taking, they both kind of have those themes. So when they're interacting, it can be a really like, uh, you know, positive day of action taking and confidence and assertiveness. Um, and the way that we take action flows well with what we need to, what we need to focus right now. Um, and so, yeah, this Virgo and Taurus area of life, they're both interacting in a very dynamic and positive way. Um, it can be a great day for, you know, like we're, we're probably going to feel a bit more energized to take action. Um, so it's a good time to be more physical and to kind of like express this energy. Um, anything that requires more energy, you'll probably maybe have the energy to do it. Um, and all in all, from this day, it's more like a spicy confidence. Like, yep, you have the confidence, you have the assertiveness to take action the way that you want to in whatever you're focusing on right now. So I like that. Mm-hmm yeah and it's yeah it's like a nice uh, a nice wrap up before we shift into libra season because we shift into libra season literally the next day so it's finally shiny season (laughs) yeah we love libra season libra season i experienced libra season sidereal the first time last year when we were switching and i remember being like wow i never knew how libra energy felt until now (laughs) Um, and trust me, like it's a very, very pleasant time, right? Because Libra is ruled by Venus and Venus is pleasure. Um, so Libra season, uh, October 18th until probably November 17th or 18th as well. And so, yeah, it's probably one of the most, I don't want to say easy, but it's just, it's a Venus ruled season. Venus is pleasure. Libra is peace. It's harmony. It's beauty um it's relationships it's balance it's compromise uh you know air where aries is assertiveness and individuality independence and it's fiery and i'm gonna do what i want to do and i don't care um independently libra is more like hey we can actually do this together and how can we find a way to do this together and have fun and and oh and how can we surround ourselves with beauty on top of that right um, and just have a good time together and be at peace and harmony with each other, right? Because yeah. it's nice to be in your Aries energy and be like, hell yeah, I'm going to do that on my own. But it's also nice to have a bunch of people with you, spread the love, um, have beauty around you, have pleasure together. Um, so this is the season for that, right? Indulge in your pleasure, indulge in beauty, find beauty around you more abundantly than what you usually do. Um, and also like be social, like relationships are highly highlighted with Libra season. I noticed last year when Libra season was active in sidereal, all I wanted to do was just think about people and how, how can I be with people and how can I be with friends and how can I form new relationships? 
Um, so what a great time in general for like business, right? Because it's all about networking and building those connections. Libra is a very business oriented sign for this reason, because it's all about connections. Um, so get out there, make connections, uh, nurture your connections and, um, you know, find beauty around you. It's, it's, it, I like Libra season. It's amazing. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's peaceful. And, you know, the, the thing is after Libra is Scorpio season and trust me, it's a whole it's a whole different vibe. It's very yeah. intense and it's very deep and dark and shadowy sometimes. So Libra is like really contrasted energy, uh, you know, and, and Scorpio season always is when like winter's coming and things are like dying and everything around us. It's like, we're going more inward. So Libra is kind of like the last like oomph of the summer, I guess, of like, you know, um, more lighthearted, social, outward energy, um, before we kind of get in the, the, the deep waters there after that. So make yeah. the most out of that. <laughs> yeah. So we are moving on with October 18th. So still October 18th, we have the sun moving in Libra. And then on the same day, we also have Venus trine Mars, which is a nice one. Like we have two highly passionate planets doing a trine together. When Venus and, and Mars are, you know, involved, like it's always highly passionate time, a lot about desires, um can be really good for relationships especially romantic relationships like you can feel the passion alive um so on that day you know there's just like relationships that are definitely um or i would say definitely a, a day that is relationship oriented and it's right before venus moves in libra as well so i feel like the 18th and 19th are just highly relationships oriented type of energies yep yeah it's the first day of libra season we're already shifting towards our relationships a lot more in our lives. And now Venus is forming that trend with Mars and Mars is going to energize Venus. So we're motivated to socialize. We're motivated to build our relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very spicy energy. Like we're passionate. Like we want to express ourselves to people very directly, very um, assertively. Um, great day for, you know, art as well. Like because Venus does rule art. So it can be a day where like you're passionately wanting to express your art and um, indulging your pleasure you're very motivated towards that so it's it's just a libra energy is very strongly coming through and especially noting that you know you can see on the chart the sun being really close to venus as well um the sun is our focus and where we place our attention and venus is really close to the sun there and venus is relationships so again relationships are at the pretty much the core focus there from like october 15th to like I don't know which date they're going to separate, but, you know, with Libra season and Venus super close to the sun and trining Mars. Yeah, we are definitely focused on relationships and a lot can can happen in this realm. I I would expect anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing too, that's important to note, whenever there's a planet that is close to the sun, as as Shani just mentioned on the 18th to the 19th, even we have um, sun and Venus just one degree apart. Like they're, they're following each other for a bit. And do they hit conjunct at some point? They are, yeah. They're going to hit conjunct, I believe. Yeah. So we definitely have a couple of days where this is happening. And whenever a planet will conjunct the sun, you have to remember that it's like a combustion, right? Like the sun will take over, basically, because if you look at the sky, the planet, like you can't see the star of Venus because it's conjunct the sun. So like if you look at the sun, you're not going to see any any star, you know, like we're not going to see anything. So basically what happens is that the sun will take over that energy of that planet so when that happens with um venus well it's like our the sun the vitality which is also our ego 
will take over the Venusian Venusian um, themes and yep. energy. So that's just something to keep in mind as well, because you could be a little bit more focused on yourself in your relationships during that time, or you can be um, more acting from a place of ego, or basically the sun will be the dominating planet right now and will just like it's combustion, you know, so it's just like taking over the the Venusian qualities of that planet. Already heard. I don't know if you've already heard that, but I've already read about like when planets are combust so very close to the sun like that. Um, it's kind of like as if the sun burns them and mm-hmm. that whatever that planet rules may go through a little bit of a difficulty. So I've already mm-hmm. heard. I remember a time where uh, last year or the year before that where the sun and Venus were combust. And I remember it was a really weird time for relationships. They were at the focus, but it was like it was mm-hmm. kind of rocky and beauty as well. Like um, mm-hmm. anything beauty related, like if you're changing something in your hair, or your face, whatever, it could. I almost want to say be careful because. I have noticed when they're close like that, that it can be a little um, uh, off there for Venusian themes. I remember, yeah. and this is a funny personal story. Last time they were combust, I had my favorite like blouse. That's like a satin blue blouse. I put it in the washer and I had a pen in my pants and the whole, like my pen just exploded on oh, that shirt. Girl. So, you know, beauty related things, you know, clothing, hair, things like that. Um, may go through uh, you know difficulties with these mm-hmm. being so close in the sun, the sun kind of like burning Venus. Mm-hmm. I don't know though, like I'm not super common enough with this to be fully assured of that. Uh, but one thing is for sure, like Venus themes are just going to be pretty strong uh, in our lives at this time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which leads us to the next day on the 19th, we have uh, Sun square Pluto. So That's actually, we can do the 19th and 20th at okay. the same time because we have Sun square Pluto and then Venus square Pluto because as we mentioned, they're together. So they're both in a square with Pluto. So yeah. Yeah. Again, that energy that we just mentioned um, is hitting the planet of transformation and power and um, depths that yep. Pluto brings. So mm-hmm. definitely it's like destroying whatever whatever is going on with that Sun-Venus energy. It's just like Pluto is hitting deep. <laughs> yep. It's kind of like, it's weird. I would say the 18th, the 19th and the 20th, 21st a little bit are pretty huge days in October that, mm-hmm. you know, you could probably feel this intensity, especially in relationships, especially in regards to relating with, uh, with others. Um, obviously it depends where Libra rules in your chart. Uh, that's going to be an area of life really affected by this, but it's just weird because we're getting into Libra season, which is one of the most lighthearted, um, you know, peaceful, harmonious times of the year. And then boom, we have this intense, like uh, cathartic energy hitting us right in the beginning of that season. So it's kind of like, before we go into this harmonious and peaceful vibe, let us purge a few things first and let us bring some stuff to the surface that needs to be seen and addressed uh, about our relationships, especially because this is in Libra. So expect, you know, the 19th and the 20th, when this hits Pluto, um, stuff that's usually repressed or shadowy for you may come up. We're talking about, you know, old fears, um, stuff that you don't want to look at. Um, they may be at the f- focus and themes for these days uh, about relationships as well, where things come up and uh, things are a little bit intense. Things are a little bit 
um, you know, complex and emotional because things are being brought up there uh, in order for us to maybe purge or transform a few things. So uh, definitely deep and psychological energy about relationships, especially oriented towards that um, and very intense. And there's a purge happening for sure. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a transformation wanting to happen uh, before we maybe indulge a bit more in this Libra and harmonious energy there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's the best way to describe it with Pluto. It's just like, it's destroying things, but it's really elimination. It's like removing what is no longer working. It's kind of like the skeletons in the closet. Like, okay, let's dust off. Let's let's bring them out. Let's, okay, time to clean out there. I know it's hard. I know you're attached to it. I know you don't want to look at it. You don't want to bring it out of the closet. <laughs> it's been there for a while, but you know, let's, let's purge it. Uh, let's just do it. And uh, although it is intense right now, like in the long term, you have a cleaner closet, you can store more things in it and it's beneficial for you but it is intense it's intense yeah yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and the next day on october 21st that's when mars moves into gemini so oh. it's going to be in gemini for a couple of days like maybe a week or, or two mm-hmm. um it retrogrades back on november 9th and so yeah basically from october 21st till november 9th that's when we have a little bit of mars and gemini so the energy that we were talking about about like being all over the place a little bit like wanting to start a hundred different projects at the same time and having tons of ideas and just like having a little bit of adhd like that's going to be amplified during that period of time (laughs) a little bit a lot of adhd um no i I actually kind of like that because Mars dipping into Gemini is going to quicken things up a little bit and we might have a few ideas on things that we want to take action um, towards which when Mars goes back into Taurus we might actually be able to ground a few of these news ideas and and make them happen in a more methodical and slow way so this could be a time where um, you start having a lot of ideas and you're like yeah I want to act on this and take action on that and maybe it's going to give you a bit more motivation and spark and ideas for when Mars goes back to the Taurus to slow down these ideas and bring them more to uh, and more into like a practical fruition. So it, yeah, it's definitely going to be a, a little bit scattered there for a week or so, but that scatteredness is, is going to have the chance to slow down again and then be more paced, uh, you know, after a week or so. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely an interesting one. <laughs> um. Yeah, on the 22nd of October, we have Sun conjunct Venus and also Mercury trine Saturn. Mm. So the energy that we just talked about previously where um, where the Sun will combust Venus, this is when it actually hits exactly. So that's on the 22nd. And then after that, we have Mercury trine Saturn. So at, by that time, yeah, Mercury is still in Virgo. And Saturn is in Capricorn. Yeah, I mean, definitely a relationship-oriented day again. Like, they're going to be straight at the focus uh, of our experience um, where something is going to happen. Something or something is going to be in our focus around relationships, around relating to other, whether it be platonic, like Libra is not, yes, it's a very romantic sign, but it's when we talk about relationships in Libra, like we're not just talking about like romantic, we're talking about any kinds of relating to another person, like whether it be business, 
platonic friendship base or family base as well. Any kinds of that one-to-one relating that we do there is at the forefront of our experience. So pay attention to relationships. Like these themes are being brought up for a reason. Um, It's just simply what we need to focus on right now. And there's a lot of maybe growth that is being transpired through other people at this time. So it's, it's just get out there, socialize, pay attention to your friends, you know, respond to your emails, your, your messages, whatever, um, be, be a bit more out there with people. And then I do like the Mercury trying Saturn on top of that, because Mm -hmm. if there's something going on relationship wise, the communication, which is the primal part of relationships, like relationships don't exist without communication, like Mm -hmm. maybe non-verbally, of course, like we communicate non-verbally, but communication is at the basis of relating to another. So with that being said, um, with the basis of relationships being communicating, which is Mercury, um, on that day, it's forming this really auspicious angle with Saturn, which is adding a more grounding energy to our communication. Um, you know, we're communicating in a less scattered way. We're more clear, precise, focused, grounded. It is a great a day, I would say, for uh, contracts or business contracts or business dealings um or thing that we have to get focused on in the mind space because we're really really focused mentally um and we're more grounded in the way that we receive information and also spread information yeah absolutely yeah it's definitely a great uh it's actually a pretty good transit for anything mercury because you have the discipline and the and the structure of saturn to get anything done um, and to think properly and both of them being earth signs, like it's definitely just a, a good logical type of placement. So any contracts that needs to be signed or any type of um, Mercurian activities would definitely be a good, a good t- day to do that on. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, there's also like seriousness of thoughts, you know, like just getting more serious about things or about the things that you talk about or about the, your, your ideas and your projects and your intellect. Um, yeah, there's just this this definition by Saturn, which is nice to have. Yeah. And like <clears throat> um, with Mercury being in Virgo, which is, yes, very intellectual and powerful, but Virgo is also mutable. It can be really scattered as well. So with Saturn putting the more grounded, uh, defined energy towards Mercury, we can really define our mental ideas and projects a lot more clearly and then be more practical with that. So uh, for that reason, it's, I would say it's a really good day for like any business dealings, right? Like a meeting, trying to, trying to negotiate, trying to make up a contract, trying to sign it, um, trying to make a deal with someone or, you know, anything that you're doing, even if you're, you're hosting some sort of like a class or um, you know uh, like, how do you call those? Um, like any kind of like a class or workshop, like workshop that you want to host or something. Um, Just a good time to do that. There's harmony in relationships, there's peace, there's focus on people, and then there is really grounded communication. So yeah. That's funny. I literally was planning on hosting a workshop on that day. And I just sent an email to the person about this today without even looking at the astrology. I was like, oh, I'll have to figure out what's going on (laughs) before I lock it in but now I'm like oh well there you go good good call Vanessa (laughs) yeah that's perfect amazing um yeah it's interesting so we have a couple of Saturnian energy right before we hit the eclipse so on the 23rd that's when Saturn actually stations direct so in in October we have both Pluto and Saturn stationing direct so on the 23rd 
Saturn stations direct, and then the 25th is the solar eclipse. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we have a little bit of getting serious into, you know, defining boundaries or defining structure and things like that, like just a little bit more Saturnian energies right before we hit eclipse season. So that's an interesting um, energy to shift into. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like we're grounding, we're defining things more clearly, we're understanding what needs more structure, what needs more boundaries, what needs more clearer definition and and structure in our lives. Um, With Saturn stationing direct, the Saturnian energy coming very strongly on on the 23rd, and we're really, we've been figuring out things more internally on, you know, what, what's not structured properly. And we're really being shown that. And now that Saturn is moving forward again after that, um, now how can we really implement these structures in our physical lives um, mm-hmm. and, and get more organized, get more responsible, get more mature. And so on that day, these themes of, of Saturn, of responsibility, maturity, uh, structures and all of that are coming strongly. So mm-hmm. there's this grounding sober energy uh you know alongside eclipse season which is like you said interesting um yeah and what i do want to mention too about saturn which is really important here is that saturn has been in capricorn for about two years now and it's one of the longest transits for saturn like this one is actually longer than typical um because i did the math and yeah so the saturn in capricorn has been longer than typical saturn transits mm. so it's really interesting for people that have their natal saturn in capricorn have been going through a long saturn return so i have compassion for you um <laughs> but the thing that i wanted to mention is that now we're at the last bits of it so you can be happy about it because um we're just wrapping up those saturnian uh themes that we've been going through for the past two years Mm. because now saturn is stationing direct and it's going to move forward again and then it's going to leave and go in aquarius in january so it's going to leave capricorn for good so now we're just in the final few months of saturn and capricorn and so wherever that hits in your chart then you're kind of wrapping this up for good you know like it's Mm -hmm. it's just time to get rid of it it's time to move forward for that um so yeah exciting times for um for this uh this saturn moving on and just like now it's time to tackle a new challenge yeah there's an uh, definitely this energy of completion coming through with, mm-hmm. within our uh capricorn area of life right like me and vanessa were leo risings this is in our sixth house of health and diet and um your uh, daily routine and work as well and our daily habits so it's been a time of restructuring that and figuring out what's the structure that I want to have every day you know what what's the routine that I want to entertain every day what are the habits that bring me the most uh growth and fruition every day and now it's like we're really completing this three-year cycle of figuring the things out and uh really mastering this area but for everyone else depending on your rising sign this is completely different also on a collective basis I'm excited for Saturn to move out of Capricorn because Saturn (laughs) is really dignified in Capricorn and Capricorn is all about hierarchies, the government structures, right? Um, Especially the government is very strong. And when Saturn is there, there's a lot of authority uh, on certain hierarchies. And we've seen that over the last few years. So I'm just thinking collectively uh, with Saturn moving into Aquarius, which is more about the people and the collective and the groups coming together I'm curious to see uh, yeah. how things will shift uh, in January when Saturn moves into Aquarius. Yeah. Finally, 
Um, yeah. Not going to be in the same air energy than, you know, 2020 with COVID and everything. Uh, things are going to be switching and, and changing mm-hmm. around uh, with Saturn and Aquarius. Yeah. So definitely completing the cycle feels good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Very excited for it. <laughs> so we, yeah. And then on October 25th, that's the eclipse. So uh, we start eclipse season with the solar eclipse in Libra. This one is a partial one. And it's always eclipse season is a period of two weeks where we have two sets of eclipses. There's a solar eclipse and a lunar eclipse. A solar eclipse is like a new moon and a lunar Yes. Solar eclipse is like a new moon and lunar eclipse is like a full moon. And so this two weeks period of time is oftentimes of great transformation. I often hear stories of people that are going through a breakup or moving or changing jobs or quitting their job, or there's just like strong karmic energy. And it's highly emotional as well. I find especially the day of the eclipse, it's just the energy is so potent, especially if you're highly intuitive. Um, if you're sensitive to strong energies, like it's like a full moon on steroids, basically. Mm-hmm. So I often recommend for people like take it easy on that day, um, take the day off if you can, like take a bath, you know, do some self care because it just it feels very potent. Um, so the the one on the twenty fifth is not, it, it's a partial one, so it's not as strong. But the one on November eighth is a full moon and it's it's a total one, so it's definitely more um more potent. So just be aware of these these two dates. And eclipse season is a time of great transformation. It's new beginnings and 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 endings at the same time. So it's just a time to reassess where you're at in your life and look at where the nodes have been in your in your chart. So they are currently in Aries Libra. So what are the houses that are associated with Aries and Libra? And that will give you a better idea of what themes are transforming in your life right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, obviously, like eclipses are very powerful lunar events that will usually have a lifespan of like six months. Like they usually a normal new moon will announce a cycle for the next 30 days. But with an eclipse new moon, it announces a cycle for the next six months. So, you know, one, I guess, mistake that I used to do in the beginning of my astrology days was thinking that the eclipse day, everything is going to get revealed to me and I'm going to know everything happening where it's like, yeah, it's just a potent energy, like Vanessa said. And there might be some seeds that are planted that will give you a little bit of ideas of things that are really going to shift powerfully for you over the next six months. But really with this eclipse, you're going to notice its transformations and its new beginnings over the next few weeks to a month after the 25th of of October. So, you know, beginning of November, mid-November is really the time where you're going to start to notice like, oh, these are the new beginnings that are going to be coming into my life for the next six months. This is what's Mm -hmm. starting to shift uh, because this is a new moon, right? So it's a new cycle, new beginning that's very karmic, very faded in your Libra area of life. So what's your rising sign? If you're Aries rising, this is your seventh house of partnerships and relationships. So seeds are planted that are giving you a a little clues on really major transformations and karmic shifts that are going to happen over the next six months um, in your relationship area of life. So really important to know your rising sign, but all in all, it's a planted seed and an kind of a, I forget the word, initiation towards Mm -hmm. the new beginnings that are shaping up for us that are very karmic over the next six months with this eclipse, I would say. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like a new chapter, basically. Yeah. Just, that's why we say it's great beginnings and great endings, because it's just it's it's starting a new chapter. So there might be something that's ending, but it's also something else that is starting. Mm-hmm. So best uh, best way to describe it. And it's just weird because this this new moon eclipse is happening next to the south node and the south node rules where we're letting go of things. So it's kind of like there's this new beginning around things that are actually shedding our lives for the next six months. So it's a mm-hmm. weird polarized energy there because the last eclipse we had was in June and it was a new moon in Aries, which is where the north yeah. is. So it's kind of like new beginnings around where we're going, where we're heading. But now mm-hmm. it's like new beginnings around things that are going to be ending for us and things that are purging for us in our Libra area of life. So the new beginnings are going to allow these purges to happen, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, it's, it's interesting, but don't expect to feel all the, the major karmic shifts on October 25th. It's going to be big energy for sure, but it's going to be a planted seed that you're going to see grow and grow over the next month and the next six months as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the next transit will be October 26th when Mercury actually moves in Libra. So now with Mercury in Libra, it's like we're we're having the other personal planet. Like we're truly shifting into Libra season. And um, yeah, it's now that the sun and the Mercury planet are in the same the same sign, then we can, you know, it's like we're fully into one place. You know, we think and we it's like our ego and our mind is uh, at the same at the same level. So mm-hmm. it's fully leading into Libra season. So it's going to feel a lot more all about harmony, thinking about harmony, like balancing things out. Um, yeah, I like um, I like this shift into into Libra season. We're letting go of Virgo now. We're done with Virgo after that. <laughs> yeah, we're done with Virgo. We're still intellectual, but the, the thing is like these intellectual processes are much more social than like isolated and analytical mm-hmm. and like detailed. It's more so like, yeah, we're still focused on um, intellectual matters, but it's through relationships and sometimes about relationships as well. So mm-hmm. intellectually speaking, we're learning through relationships a bit more. We're collaborating with people a lot more. And a lot of our um, you know, mental processes is, is, is stemming through relationships, but also maybe is about relationships as well. So um, major Libra energy, major relationship vibes, uh, very cute, not cute, but very peaceful, <laughs> harmonious, beauty related, find beauty around you, create beauty around you. Beauty is such a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, very romantic as well. Very feminine um uh, so definitely a very romantic time uh you know if you're in a couple or something uh this is the time where you want to like be a little cheesy and and bring Mm -hmm. and pleasure back into your 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 relationship life yeah and what's nice too is that on that same day mercury is in a trine with mars so october 26th we also have mercury trine mars as it's shifting into libra and mars is at zero degrees of gemini so we have lots of air placement for sure so the mind is highly activated with mars and gemini um Mm -hmm. but yeah just just mercury trying mars like it's it's definitely strong in confidence and assertiveness and the way that you express yourself it's very very strong for speech i find almost um yeah in a trine with mars like it's just almost too confident or just too assertive um but just definitely a nice um well, I mean, Mercury's in Libra, so it's definitely balanced. So it's not yeah. too, too assertive. Yeah. But 
you have there's a nice energy for that like if you need to speak something like that's the time to do it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it's it, because it's in libra it's, it's bringing a more peaceful and balanced uh energy to it but if this was a trine and mercury was an aries holy like we yeah saying <laughs> things very bluntly that we don't want and we shouldn't or we don't want to say it to people and it kind of comes off a bit abruptly and quick uh but that's just kind of adding a bit more passion and drive to Uh, our relationship endeavors um, and the way we express ourselves it's peaceful but it's also energized and passionate at the same time so there's this really good balance there going on with with communication Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so it's definitely highly intellectual just with with just Mars and Gemini and Libra and then the trine yeah it's, it's a highly intellectual it's like even and very social as well extremely social because yes like for like the air signs are social in nature but like when you look at Aquarius and Gemini it's a little different than Libra because Libra is like yes it's intellectual but it's all about like let's 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 bring our ideas together like let's mm-hmm. pitch our ideas let's what's your perspective on that what's your what's your idea on this and yeah. Libra will really fish all their different relationships and kind of like what's your opinion on that what's your opinion and they will mm-hmm. find balance between all these opinions and then be uh, have a more much more rounded perspective because they're able to like relate to everyone like that and find a little bit of bits of information with everyone. Um, yeah. So it's really social because it's Libra energy activated. So even if you're someone who's extremely introverted there, yeah, let's say you're a full-blown Pisces um, or someone who has a lot of like introverted uh, energy, even if you're like that, you're probably going to get the inclination to just at least be a little bit social, right? Even if it's like <laughs> at home, like you're probably going to feel that the, the urge to, to talk to people or to just get people's opinion on things and mm-hmm. um, highly good time to do that. It's highly uh, relationship focused time. So yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Love that. And on October 27th, that's when Mercury squares Pluto. Yeah. So Mercury will square Pluto. Yeah, so Mercury and Libra and Pluto and Capricorn. Um, so it's it's that theme of, as we talked about at the beginning, Mercury and Pluto together that can definitely bring death. But in a square, there's a little bit of challenges in that. There's a little bit more tension into how you how you reflect on the depth and how you're able to go deep. Like there might be um, just painful painful depths coming out. So yeah, that's an interesting way to end the month for sure <laughs> yeah it's like you know this kind of breaks the I don't want to say breaks the harmonious vibes a little bit but um it brings a bit more like unprecedented intensity to this energy mm-hmm. because we're yeah. like ah we're like light and fun and like uh, harmonious together but this energy is kind of like uh you know let let me bring a little bit of complex depth uh, not depth but depth to our conversations there um so it might be a little bit uh kind of disruptive of that piece because there there's some information that's coming through that's a little intense and it's a little conflicting and it's asking us to transform a few things mentally um and it's not super easy to hear certain things maybe someone tells you something and it's kind of like oh like they they kind of yeah. show you something <laughs> about yourself and it's like oh like I wasn't expecting to hear that and that's really intense and that is really really triggering um what you're saying to me right now but whatever you know people say to you that might be a little triggering is you know you're meant to pay attention to that in order to to maybe uh process something or bring something up to the surface and transform it 
Um, so expect conversations to be a little intense or information to come your way that might be a little shocking, um, that might be a little intense uh, or even triggering, but you know, not a super, super major energy. Like it's probably something that you're going to digest, um, you know, throughout the day and, you know, it'll pass, but yeah, you could expect intense conversation and information coming your way there. Yeah. And the thing to remember though, is that Mercury transits will only last one day. So this Mercury sort of Pluto is happening on the 27th and it's not something that will last for a long period of time. So it might be very slightly felt. So it's nothing to get scared of. It's nothing, you know, big that is going to burst on you, but mm-hmm. still it's just, it's just, there needs to be a little bit of death and a little bit of, of analyzing what needs to let go of again. Like that's Pluto, which is elimination and um, destruction. So it's what potentially what, limited belief do you have that is blocking you from something that you need to let go of so can be a really good thing on the other side yep yep 100 and we are finishing the month with the event of the year in my opinion (laughs) with the mars retrograde oh (laughs) Oh, i forgot about that one yeah yep Mm -hmm. well one of the events of the year but i would say that's definitely the one of the biggest ones um because as we mentioned before so Mars Mars hits retrograde on the 30th of October and it will be retrograde until January 12th. Mm-hmm. So we have a good what is that 3 months? 3 almost, almost yeah. Um yeah, so it's a little while and it's happening in Taurus. So well it hits retrograde in Gemini and then as we mentioned before on November 8th it retrogrades back or November 9th it retrogrades back into Taurus and so most of the time it's going to be in Taurus so Mars the planet of action assertiveness moving forward is actually moving backwards Mm -hmm. so or it's perceived that as if it's moving backwards so it's a time to reassess how you're taking action and especially look at Taurus in your chart for Leo risings that tent that's 10th house for Aries rising um that second house for Sagittarius rising that sixth house so look at where Taurus is in your chart and that's definitely an area of life that will feel like progression feels slow and it's time to revisit certain things revisit how you do things yeah so like in the sixth house for example I know one of my clients has um that in her sixth house and I know that it's all about reassessing how you take action in your daily routines and in your work and how you work and how you work like physically like labor work you know so yeah that's uh that's a really it's gonna be a three months that just feels slow (laughs) yeah and it's the thing is like when people aren't aware of that it can feel very frustrating like Mm -hmm. even even if you're aware of that I remember last Mars retrograde we had was so last Mars retrograde we had I believe was in late 2020. I believe it was October 2020. Um, if I'm not mistaken. About two years ago, yeah. Yeah, about two years ago. So it's every two years it's going to retrograde. And it's one of the longest retrogrades for a personal planet. So like yeah. Venus is like a month, a month and a half. Mars is like two months. So and Mercury's three weeks, right? So just to give you perspective. Yeah. Um, but it's it, it can be frustrating just because like the literal planet of how we take action is unable is is moving backward it's not mm-hmm. focused on taking action right now it's focused on revisiting how we take action so yeah. for people who aren't aware of that like it can be really frustrating because 
things will not probably be moving forward very quickly. Maybe they won't be mm-hmm. moving forward at all. It's very possible that like before they move forward, you need to figure out how you should be moving forward with it because there, and you know, there is a, I always say that, but there is a perfection to the universe, in my opinion, and astrology shows us that. And it's never like trans has happened to us. It's just, there's a universal perfection. And right mm-hmm. now we're meant to just simply sit back and rethink, uh, prepare. It's kind of like hibernation yeah. season, uh, prepare for when, when the time is to take action. So yeah. it's, it, don't resist against the fact that it, action is not happening right now. If it's not happening right now, it's for a reason, in my opinion, anyways, it's because we're meant to be looking through things and, and reviewing things so that when it is a time to take action, now we have our plan and we're much more clear and we have a lot more direction on where things are going. Um, so if you're feeling, feeling confused during this time, if you're feeling like, ah, oh, frustrated, uh, just try to ease into the fact that it's not happening against you and it's happening for you to uh, be in this more internal state and figure things out. And everyone is going through that right now. Everyone is mm-hmm. going through this, their own version of this. Um, so, you know, be compassionate with yourself and uh, know that the, this is what the planets are wanting us to do right now. And uh, mm-hmm. don't, don't try to resist against that too much. Yeah. And just going to add on this, it's similar to a Mercury retrograde where we say it's not necessarily the time to start something new. It's more the time to revisit and reassess. It's pretty much the similar, similar topics for Mars retrograde as well. So it's not a time to start anything new. It's not a time to start a new project or, you know, act on a new idea that you just had. It's time to revisit what you're actually already working towards and just reassess. So it's like just taking a break and, you know, evaluate, like, does this make sense? Do you need to go back on certain things to rebuild your foundation before you can put the rooftop on the house? <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. And it's like, um, you know, for example, like for me and Vanessa, we're Leo Risings, like this is in our career place. So like, are we going to be, you know, making some new moves in our career? Are we going to be really clear? Are we going to necessarily be taking a lot of action? Like, Maybe yes, but like not, no, we're mostly going to be inwards, figuring out how, like figuring out our past career moves and like how, how has that worked out for me? Is this going to be good for me in the future? Uh, what should I focus now in the way that I appear in the public space? And, you know, it's, it's going to be okay for us both, for example, to feel very confused around career matters because mm-hmm. we're meant to just, you know, sit back and do a little bit of reflecting on that for a little while. So Again, important to know your rising sign because this is going to be really different and it's going to be much more potent in that area of life there. So good mm-hmm. to know that. I would say if you don't know it already, message me or Vanessa like right away. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really potent transit. And for that reason, it's good to know where you're going to be experiencing that so that you can have the ease of knowing like, okay, time to take a step back with my health or with my career or with my finances. Uh, things are not going to move forward and it's okay. Let me just try to move with the energy instead of against it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Super important. Um, that concludes our month of October. So we are finishing up with Mars getting retrograde and then it's going to be retrograde for the rest of the year until January. And that concludes October. So thank you very much for everyone who's listening or who joined us live. And we always love to hear your stories. You know, however the month is going for you, what are you going through? What is going on? I'm sorry if you heard my notification. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And um, 
yeah so feel free to reach out to shani and i and shani i would love to invite you where can people find you what is the best way to reach out to you yeah so uh i do have my instagram modern.priestess88 uh i was on a hiatus so i'm just again like career things are really taking a, a slow break so um i was on hiatus however i'm i am active on the account now i'm just not posting so if you have any questions like you can reach me through instagram like i will see it i will answer it um if not I do have my YouTube channel that I did have a hard time with my account last month, but I do have the intention on posting this over there. It's modern.priestess on YouTube as well. Um, so you can find me there. If you want to contact me, I'd highly recommend uh, going to my Instagram there. Yeah, amazing. Definitely reach out to Shani. And for myself, if you want to book a reading or if you want to know more about sidereal astrology, if you want to learn more, see the trends, see the, the workshops that I'm offering soon, you can check out my website, uh, vanessasophie.com or find me on Instagram at I am Vanessa Sophie. If you have any questions, it's always a pleasure to answer your questions and to chat with you and to see what's going on with you. So thank you so much for being here again. And we are excited to see what the month of October has in store for us. <laughs>